Welcome to Job Sharing and Beyond, the future of work podcast that goes beyond the traditional nine to five. I am Karen Tischler, speaker, consultant, and host of the show, where we hear from global experts every other week to discover innovative solutions and tips on how to remain a relevant employer in the future. Hello, everyone. It is time for another quick question episode. Today, it is a very fitting time because it is the last day of Gender Equality Week. And my guests from three different countries are experts in future of work and gender equality. So today we will hear answers to the quick questions from Beth Atfield from Canada, Ariane Virtue from Australia, and last but certainly not least, Amy Henderson from the US. Let's get started with Beth Atfield, who is the principal of workplace science at Joshua. So Beth, what is your favorite color and why? I would say blue. Um, I think it's because it's just got a brightness to it. Um, it reminds me of, of the sky and it reminds me of the ocean. And um, those are two of my favorite things when I'm down at the beach where I live. I look at the, the sky and the ocean and it just brings calm. And who do you admire the most? Oh, gosh. I don't think one particular person. I think I admire anyone who has risen above adversity and who has really demonstrated grit and the capacity to learn and overcome um, terrible things in their lives. And what is one of the things you would put on your bucket list? I want to get a camper van and drive across Canada. That sounds amazing. Now, if you could teleport, whether that is time-wise or location-wise, where would you go and why? I would teleport to New Zealand to go and spend the day with my nephew, who is eight years old, who I don't get to see that often. I know that feeling as I'm German <laughs> and, you know, the pandemic has made it hard yep. to see exactly Absolutely. my <laughs> my nephew. Yes. And um, what is your favorite book? I would say for, for a fiction book, it's The Humans by Matt Haig, which is, it's the story of an alien who comes down to planet Earth and inhabits the body of a human. And it talks about his experience as he tries to understand humanity and human nature. And he arrives not thinking very much of humans. And then I won't tell you what happens in the book, but it unfolds. His relationship <laughs> improves with the humans as time unfolds. So I, I love that book. There are a lot of great messages and it's very heartwarming. Um, nonfiction, I like um, any books that talk about um, life stories. So autobiographies or experiences that people have had, you know, whether it's surviving a shipwreck or, you know, um, Michelle Obama's um, autobiography. Um, I'm currently reading um, a book by David Goggins, who is an ex-Navy SEAL, whose book is called Can't Hurt Me. And his book is about how your mindset can actually impact how you can succeed in life. Now, what do you believe is the biggest myth in your area of work? That individuals can't change. Um, what is the song you hear most often? 
Oh my goodness, that's, uh, is that by choice or something that I'm suddenly exposed to? <laughs> I've, I've had a, a quite a big variety of answers on that particular question. Um, wow. Uh, I think if I had to look at my, my playlist, um, you know, that I listen to, it's going to have to be like, it'll be something by John Denver or Neil Diamond, I will have to say. I, I can't name a particular song because I, I don't have too many specific favorites. But yeah, those would be the, the two artists that I might hear most often. And now the last question is, what advice did you get that was the most rewarding to you? This, this might sound strange, but I think it's, it's those times in my life when somebody told me that I can't do something that actually made me go, okay, well, I'll show you, I, I can actually do that. And that is actually what gave me the motivation to do something that I might not have, have, have tackled. Um, I'm a very stubborn person. So if you, <laughs> if you suggest in any way or shape <laughs> or form that I, I can't do something, I'll, I'll probably go out the next day and try and do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Those are really amazing questions. Thank you. That made me think about myself a lot. Beth and I talked about caring, the future of work, flexible work, and much more in episode 64 of Job Sharing and Beyond. I will be sure to put the link to our episode in the show notes. The next person who answered my quick questions was Ariane Virtue. And Ariane is the co-founder of Flex We Are. Here are her answers. So what is your favorite color and why? I would say it is that cobalt blue. So you know the color of the roofs in Santorini in Greece. So it reminds me of the sea. Um, and I find I love swimming in the ocean and I just find it so, so calming. And who do you admire the most? I promise you I won't cry with this. Um, it is my mum, and she was my greatest influence. She loved me unconditionally. She was my biggest advocate and, and actually probably my lighthouse. Um, extremely wise, smart, kind, full of the empathy and, and fun, and she just did so much for others. Uh, she is my why and why I do what I do every day, which is humanizing work for others. Thank you so much. Now, um, what is one of the things you would put on your bucket list? Well, in this current situation, I would say travel. <laughs> so today I can only travel five kilometers from my home wow. and I'm only allowed out once a day. And that's for an hour for exercise. So I'm extremely, you know, I wish we had the choice. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wish we had the choice to be able to plan. Um, I'm grateful that I have traveled a lot and I backpacked for two years after university in Europe. Um, and I've explored many countries and I love travel. Um, my sister and my beautiful niece and nephew are in Singapore and I haven't seen them since January 2020. And so um, that is that will be my first point of call. Yeah, I, you know, I'm German and yes, I mean, I, I so understand. Uh, yeah. Um, now, if you could teleport 
where would you go? And it doesn't have to be necessarily location-wise. It could be also time-wise. And why? <laughs> um, it's a place and it's, it's my Disneyland, I call it. So the North Shore on Oahu in Hawaii. And um, it is my happiest place on earth. Um, I was very lucky to have three months looking after turtle eggs and, um, you know, the water, the sand, the beauty of the island and the warmth of the locals. Um, I've probably been about 20 times and everyone just goes, I don't understand why you keep going back. And I go, if you go once, you'll want to go again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It sounds beautiful. I've never been so... And so what is your favourite book? Um, I think favourite book would be, um, I love Adam Grant as as a business writer. However, there is a book and I would encourage everyone to read it at some stage. It's um, a book called Storm Boy and it's from 1964. So I, I am showing my age, but I wasn't around when it was created. Um, And it's a book about a boy and his pelican, and it focuses on the relationship between the boy and the pelican, which is Mr. Percival, and an outcast Australian Aboriginal man called Fingerbone. And I usually see um, pelicans on my morning walk, and it just makes me smile. They're the most amazing bird, and every time I see them, I just revert back to this book and these complicated relationships and how this relationship is formed between a boy, a pelican, and an Aboriginal. And it's it's a fantastic book. So I'd highly encourage anyone to read it when they need some downtime. That definitely is something that I'm going to put on my book list. <laughs> um, now, the biggest myth in your area of work. Oh, where do I start? <laughs> um, that this enforced, inflexible working from our homes in, in lockdown through a pandemic is flexible working. It's not flexible working and nor can this be judged. That's good. And, and what is the song you hear most <laughs> often? Um, <laughs> you'll, you'll probably laugh, but I, I tend to sing Let It Go um, every day, probably about something. Um, you know, it's, we can only control what, what we can control and we can only control how we react to something. So it's a good release for me. I do feel sorry for my neighbours. I live in an apartment block and uh, <laughs> I do sing it a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and my last question, what advice did you get that was the most rewarding? Um, This was years ago and I found it quite profound and I think it's more relevant today than it was 10 years ago that self-care is not selfish, it's smart. So, you know, we need to make sure that everyone's taking care of themselves mentally and physically and then you'll have the ability to take care of others better Um, And it is like putting on your oxygen mask first or filling up your tank. But I just, I really hope that people are taking time for themselves. Um, And it may be you have to get up half an hour earlier. It may be that you just go for a walk around the block, whatever it may be. But just looking after yourself mentally and physically, it is so important. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Ariane was the guest in episode 66. She shared in this episode more about her work-life humanization philosophy, different types of flexible work, as well as Ariane's involvement in the family-friendly workplaces certification program that is run by the CEO Emma Walsh in conjunction with UNICEF. I will be sure to put the link into the show notes. And now, last but certainly not least, here are the quick questions answered by Amy Henderson, who is CEO and co-founder of Tendlab and the author of Tending. What is your favorite color and why? Uh, blue is my favorite color. And I, it's just a color that I resonate with in the sky, in the ocean. Um, and having done a little bit of work around chakras, I know it's also the, um, the fifth chakra, which is around expression. And I do feel as though I came here to be a messenger and that my role is to communicate uh, things that will hopefully be healing. Who do you admire the most? Oh, wow. Well, the first person that comes to mind is Wangari Maathai, the Nobel Peace Prize winner who founded the Greenbelt Movement. And I had the great opportunity to work with her briefly on her book tour when she was here in the US. And I was so struck by her both her story, which is that she discovered how there was a massive drought that was leading to starvation in her home country. And also, you know, environmental degradation was a real problem. And so she formed this movement to get women to plant trees, to counteract deforestation, to counteract climate change, to counteract what was happening to the degradation of the environment. And she was repeatedly persecuted. She was beaten, she was put in jail. And somehow through that, she emerged so strong, so sure of herself and so grounded in a deep community of support that recognized and valued her and what she was doing that by the time I met her and she'd already won the Nobel Peace Prize, I felt like I was in the presence of someone who had built a, a very strong core of light and power that she had earned. And I hope to someday be somewhere near, even remotely near that level of potency in the way that I show up in the world. What is one of the things you would put on your bucket list? One of the things that's on my bucket list is I have all of these uh, books I've been saving and little like travel cards I've been collecting. I really wanna bring my three kids to Paris. And they've been too, I've, you know, I felt like they've been too young or then we've had COVID and so the opportunity hasn't come, but I wanna take them to Paris because when I was in the Peace Corps in East Africa, I had a break, I had a vacation, a two week vacation and I went to Paris from Malawi, East Africa. And the contrast between the two places uh, was so extreme that it, it just sort of impacted me in a really significant way. Um, what I remembered about Paris was that art and beauty was something that was not just a nice to have, it was essential. There was the sense that art and beauty was a necessity for humans in, in, in leading a life. And I have found that 
so often the antidote to pain and sorrow and suffering and loss is beauty. And that when we can surround ourselves with beauty and with others who honor and recognize its value, that we're more resourced than we are in the absence of it. And if you could teleport, where would you go and why? That could be teleporting like location-wise, but it could be also, you know, like time-wise. Huh. Well, I have, I have two thoughts on that one. Um, but for some reason, the first thing that comes to mind is I would want to go back to the end of World War II when the American soldiers were returning home to the U.S., And I would want to be a part of that, um, that, that healing that was possible in that moment when uh, I think so many of the, subs you know, pretty much all of the subsequent wars, it's been unclear why we were fighting them, what they were for. I think our soldiers have come back pretty broken and, and not valued and really struggled to, to find um, honor in, among those who they returned to. Um, I think with the World War II, and, and I think I'm speaking of this from my own experience of having come back from the Peace Corps, you know, I came back and, and there was a very little awareness about what I'd experienced and what I'd encountered. And it made me feel really lonely and isolated. And I struggled for a long time to find my way back to myself because I was so disconnected or I felt so unseen by everyone I knew and loved. Um, and so to go back to, World War II when soldiers came home and they were valued and they were loved and the journey that they'd been on to, um, to you know, basically end Hitler's regime, which was toxic and barbaric and cruel, was one that was honored. And there was such a sense of um, true homecoming that those soldiers experienced that I never experienced when I came home from my experience abroad in, in I think fighting what felt like a similar battle in Malawi, which was working to solve for the AIDS pandemic in the middle of a massive drought that led to starvation, climate change related. Um, I'd like to go back to soldiers coming home from World War II and that experience of homecoming and the honor that they felt and the joy that they felt and the deep camaraderie. Um, because I think we as a nation need to have a similar experience. We as a globe need to have a similar experience by coming together to solve for climate change. And I'd like to just sit in the experience those soldiers had and feel it in a felt sense within my body so that I can know that that's possible for us as a global community as we tackle climate change. What is your favorite book? Well, I have, um, I have two nonfiction books that I love and then I have one fiction book. Can I share all of those or should I just pick one? No, absolutely, go right ahead. Um, so the first, Uh, nonfiction book that I would say is Fair Play by Eve Rodsky. Um, and it's just so critical because it's it breaks down practically and tactically, how can you build a relationship with your partner that is equitable? Um, and there's just like tools and resources and practices that I think are really valuable. Um, and I know many people have benefited from them. The other one is Think Like a Breadwinner by Jennifer Barrett. And Jennifer is a friend and she's written this beautiful book which looks at all of the misperceptions that women have about money that prevent us from becoming breadwinners or that prevent us from really thinking and, and planning 
for our financial future in a way that is empowered. And I thought I knew all of this. I've even had a career in finance. And then I read her book and I realized how many unconscious things there were that I had accepted that, that weren't even true. Um, and so I highly recommend that book, Jennifer Barrett, Think Like a Breadwinner. Um, and, the, and then in nonfiction, I'm sorry, in fiction, um, I love young adult fiction. I just love, love, love it. And um, one of my, my all-time favorite young adult fiction book is called Graceling by Christian Kishore. And it's just this beautiful book of a young heroine, a young female heroine who overcomes extreme adversity to claim her power. I definitely feel I'm adding more books to my book list. So thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, definitely. And now the biggest myth in your area of work. The biggest myth is that becoming a parent undermines your ability to succeed in your career. And um, what is the song you hear most often? There's this, this movie that I watched with my kids a little while ago called The Greatest Showman, which is mm -hmm. just this great, great movie of the celebration of humanity. And there's a song in it that is sung by um, a bearded lady and it's called This Is Me. And it's her claiming her value, claiming her worth, claiming her lovability in a world that has told her that she has no worth and isn't lovable. Thank you. And now the very last question. What advice did you get that was the most rewarding? Um, you know, something I've been thinking about a lot has been this, um, this idea that if we're in a situation that isn't working for us, it's our fault. And for a long time, I've been in situations in, in previous incarnations of my life, I've been in work situations, or I've been in relationships where I didn't feel good. And I thought it was my fault. And lately, um, I have found that all of those feelings of um, sort of not being right, uh, you know, while there were some things for me to work on and I've gone to counseling and therapy and done all the personal development work that I think is, you know, important for any human who wants to grow and evolve. Um, lately, I've found that when I surround myself with Uh, people that are doing their own work and are committed to bringing out the best in themselves. And when I put myself in work that is meaningful with others who are similarly committed to a mission that is bigger than themselves, that a lot of those self-doubt, um, recriminatory thoughts disappear. And so when I think about the best advice that I've been given, it would be if you don't feel as though you belong, find a place where you do, both within your relationships with other people, um, with the place where you live, and in the work that you do. If you don't feel as though you belong, maybe it's not you. Maybe you just haven't found where you do belong yet, and that it's okay to, to leave and find a better place. What a beautiful ending. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Amy and I talked in episode 68 and Amy shared more about her book Tending, the research she has done to create that book. We talked about transferable skills from caregiving, how she started the Femtech Founders Collaborative and she talked in general 
how to create a supportive network regarding caregiving within an organization. I will put the link in the show notes and I will also add all the books that my guests have mentioned in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye.